0: Welcome back to Franchise Audio. This is a special
1: recording, but this is your boy Eddie.
0: Yo, welcome back. It's J, funky little format that we got going for you guys, but we're excited. Thank you for
1: fucking tuning in. And primarily this episode's going to be heavily sports related, so if you're not interested in that, perfectly fine. We have 21 episodes of a bunch of different content that I'm sure you you would I think love. 22 actually. 22? Yeah. So we have 22 other episodes that have a bunch of content that you guys would definitely appreciate. But this podcast, we're going to primarily focus a little bit on sports because a lot of things are happening for Miami sports, especially recently, but a lot of exciting things in the sports world uh, regardless. I guess starting off, we're going to start off with a little money tree, um, I guess, uh, epi- or format because recently, if you guys haven't been paying attention, the UFC the group that owns them, Endeavor Group, yes. just IPO. Yes. And this is exciting as fuck. Why is it
0: exciting? I don't know. For me, I think it's just exciting because and I'm going to have to probably do a little bit more research after this or maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't know any other opportunity that we've been able to buy like publicly a piece of uh, professional sports league yeah you know and the ufc is the uh, league in my opinion it's still almost like not in its infancy but it still has a lot more room to grow and a lot more room to develop and in a climate right now where like stocks are red hot and like just finding different asset classes to invest your money into are red hot um to have you know the endeavor group come out the ufc come out with them to go public i think is super fucking cool especially if um you're someone that You know, appreciates or likes buying stocks or likes buying these type of assets, and like they say, right, stocks go up seventy percent of the time. So essentially, you would just be putting your faith into a company that's already on the money, on the game, to enjoy the appreciation of you know their value as a publicly traded company going up.
1: It feels like Dana White would die for this shit.
0: This, yeah, this you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. And this is right up his, his wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, it, this is something that one, it, it's exciting because I, I can't think of one other uh, like major sports industry that you could buy into, like you said. So yeah. this is almost like a growing asset given the popularity of the UFC, um, especially over the last couple of years. But definitely right now is it's super hot. Um, I think it was like 1.5 million pay-per-views for this last uh, amazing title card that if you guys haven't seen, I would even go back and watch it. They had yes. three title fights and all of them were slam dunks in their own regard. And I think mixed martial arts being demonstrated and portrayed in a way that you have professionals that are dedicated to the craft that are great at the craft versus some of the best competition in the world. Yo, that's fun to watch, and I think the UFC has room to grow. It has room to progress, and it's come a long way already. But now, as a public offering, uh, that you could invest in, is something that it's an opportunity that a lot of people have been looking for. Also, IPOs typically tend to to you know fluctuate and go down.
0: Yeah, they have a pullback usually after like their initial offering dates.
1: So they'll you know they'll pull back a bit, but I would at least take a look into it because the benefits could be monumental. And again, it's the UFC. It's a it's a sport. It's a major sports market that that hasn't been seen like this. The sports you can't yo. If I could buy a piece in the NBA, I would. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, if I yeah if I had a way more formal introduction or cost effective way yeah. to buy into it, I would. And I just like for me, I just think of it as someone is, and it's easy for me to rationalize it like this because I'm a fan. But if you're already a fan of this shit, right? Think no. of it like um right now, I think the stock is like trading like at thirty dollars or some shit yeah thirty uh, twenty four i think you it's an opportunity to buy like 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 we were saying like a piece of a company, but I almost look at it as me buying like if I was to buy at least like four right like at thirty dollars like four shares of uh, of this endeavor group now, that's like thirty little trading cards that you're buying i mean at thirty four little trading cards that you're buying that you get to sit on that you get to keep in your portfolio, and then over time, you know hopefully if things go as they should you know, they'll appreciate. But, you know, these are just things that we're doing. We're not your financial advisors. So, you know, we can't suggest for you to put your money. This is just some... We're just speculating with you right now where we would essentially put our money.
1: Yeah, maybe it's not. It doesn't turn out to be Charizard, but shit, maybe it's a Mewtwo. Exactly. And uh, again, it's just... It's, it's nice to see that, one, the UFC is going uh, public in some way with this, and I, I'm excited for the future. Talking a little bit about the card, one of Miami's very own was, was in the main event, uh, George Masvidal, and he was fighting Kamaru Usman, which, yo, honestly... One being uh you know being hometown fans, I usually root for for the hometown. I usually root for for whoever's like uh, coming from Miami or coming from Florida and in, in some facet. George Masvidal is like from around the corner, basically. So rooting for him was almost like easy. Yeah. And I gotta hand it to Kamaru Uzman, man. This guy is a fucking nightmare. Like very much to his name. He is a goddamn nightmare. Since he had his first loss. In in professional uh, mixed martial arts, he has gone on fifteen straight wins.
0: Yeah, he's like on um, pace to hopefully break the the record for the longest
1: like um, win streak in the UFC. And it doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Yeah, he's already cleaned the division. He looks like he's getting better, and he or
0: well, he says himself that he is, which is like the crazy part because you're not a, a young. A young
1: bull anymore, right?
0: You're, 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 you're a top dog. You're
1: in in your 30s already, and you've done it
0: for a little bit already. Like he's literally, bro, he's literally cleaned out the welterweight division, which is a division, in my opinion, like the most competitive competitive. division in in the UFC right now. Like I I don't know, maybe maybe middleweight is kind of, but even then, there's probably like two, three people. I feel like welterweight, like pretty top, like the the top eight guys are pretty stacked.
1: Everyone wanted to throw him Gilbert Burns and said, "Oh, Gilbert Burns is going to take it to him. He's never seen." to handle them yeah, yeah yeah handled them right after fighting george masvidal too now that the first fight i will say george masvidal on a six-day notice had to drop 20 pounds like yeah that's gonna be a yeah. Tough the first fight. fight was
0: yeah that was crazy that was crazy that's
1: gonna be a tough fight to win in any regard yeah, when you have no. to make weight like that but uh he looked pretty sharp i'm like oh shit like i don't know maybe with a full camp george could probably bring something to him yo how about kamaru uzman with a full camp preparing to strike for five rounds yep is going to be a fucking headache and george even said it you know after he got knocked out which spoiler i mean if you haven't watched the fight george masvidal got absolutely cleaned his clock completely cleaned um even uh, george said it he's, he's like i didn't prepare for that for that type of power he never showed me that the first fight so he is in a sense like yo kamaru Usman is hitting the weight room he is getting stronger somehow still staying within weight even making a pound underweight no, he's still he's, showing up, and and now he's like, oh, you guys think I can't strike? Let me show you I could strike. You guys think I can't grapple? I'm the best wrestler in this division by far. Nobody could grapple with me. Oh, no one. A hundred percent takedown no defense. Yeah. No one's been able to take this guy down. The best grappler in the division. And like you're saying, like who you who else are you gonna throw to him? George Masvidal but is no not one. in the contention anymore. You don't want to hear about him fighting, um, Kamaru Uzman, which is fair. He's had two times super two fights.
0: Fair. I mean, I I think you would have to let. George, like, in my opinion, he would have to fight at least two more times before, yeah. I think, getting another shot at, at Usman because I feel like in the regards of just the competitive nature, the sport and everything that like we've seen already, I feel like what we're going to see between those two yeah. go at it. Um, it's a fun matchup, right, I guess, but it's not something I feel like we need to just continue to harp on for right now. Like, yeah. I feel like George has to go see a couple other things in the division do a couple you know get some w's under his belt and then i wouldn't mind them running it back i just would mind if it's immediately a while
1: from now i would like uh, you know i would like to see that i want to see george get better a little bit in 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 his regard too i mean and and credit to george oh this guy has an iron chin he's never been knocked out in professional fight of
0: course yeah camaro did something that's never happened in this guy's
1: career this is not this is not like george masvidal is like an underdog and he's an underdog in fighting because he's not a good fighter george george masvidal is in his own right a great striker he's a professional for sure. striker for sure and he went in there and kamaru uzman surprised him with his striking and george said it you know like this is this is surprising i haven't seen this type of striking i haven't seen this type of power kamaru even said it hey I, I i i went toe-to-toe with him i realized this guy could strike so i went back and i focused on striking and i came in i showed you what i what i what to be done but there's no one in the division i mean colby covington is like probably next up I guess, but he cleaned Kobe Covington. So no, I don't he, even want to see that. Almost. Yeah, he
0: broke his jaw and everything, which, you know, whatever, that's, you can kind of say it's a freak accident, but he completely dominated Kobe. No, Kobe, he, he, Kobe's I think... gone on to freaking take another, a couple other, like, stupid L's, you know? And I feel like with this whole thing, like how we we're saying, like, how he caught uh, George off guard and everything, I feel like it's still crazy to me because he was setting up that one, two. The whole, the whole entire yeah. fucking fight. And if you really go back and look at it, when he threw that left hand at um, George, it might as well have been a fucking rubber chicken that he was throwing his way. It wouldn't have mattered because the real fucking danger was in that right hand that he had coming.
1: And the thing is, is you even see it on the replay. He, he didn't even throw the left hand. He just moved yeah, George's yeah. hands out of the way. And that's really all it was. And I mean, like looking in the division, right? This is what we have: number one ranked, obviously, no questions asked, Kamaru Usman, undefeated, uh, in that division for he's uh, or at least fourteen and zero right now. Yeah. Then you have Colby Covington, which I mean, he's the second ranked fighter. So you give him the fight after you know he's handled a couple fights pretty well. But then after that, you got Gilbert, George, Leon, Edward, Michael, Ch- Chelsea, and Wonder Boy Stephen Thompson, and it's like. Yeah, that division's done for Kamaru. Yeah, like, what else is he going to do there? It's super done. He's going to handle everybody in that di- that division without like breaking a sweat. And so what's the next challenge really? Who's going to be next up? And I think when we're talking about Kamaru now in the Walterweight division, like we have to compare him to to George Saint Pierre. And we have to even say he might be a little bit better than George Saint Pierre in his reign in, in the division.
0: The only thing um to be honest, that I just can't really speak about, even though I know George Saint Pierre was great and a phenomenon and everything. He, um, I used to watch the UFC some back then, but I wasn't as I I, I wasn't as knowledgeable as I am now, and I'm not even the, the most super knowledgeable guy by any by any regards. But I just no. know a little bit more now. I just don't know. I know George Saint Pierre beat a couple dogs. But I just don't know how many of them he, what, he beat. I know because yeah. Eddie, um, you know, we had him on the podcast here. I think it was like the third episode. You should go back and listen to that great um, episode with yeah. Beck Capital. But um, he was always been like a super big uh, UFC fan. And he would always be just letting me know like, yo, George St. Pierre racked another W. Another W. And so I know he was doing his thing. I just don't know really to what extent if the competition was really that nasty.
1: So I, I watched the UFC back then, and I want to say, like, the competition in the welterweight division back then was probably even fiercer than it is now. Okay. And in, in a big way, George St. Pierre was that guy that stepped into the octagon, and you were like, holy fuck. He only lost twice, and he lost to two of the best fighters in that division, which were Matt Hughes and Matt Serra. Okay. And uh, successfully defended the welterweight title, I want to say, like, nine times, this guy. So when we're thinking about welterweight champions like George St. Pierre and Kamaru Usman are right there, and I think to to the degree of like skill, Kamaru Usman is showing us something we haven't seen in a long time, like George St. Pierre. But back to like the 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 UFC for a little bit, I think another um another thing that that would be interesting to see is now uh because next the next main event is gonna be Israel and Sanya. He's coming back to his division, uh, middleweight division, after losing in the, the light heavyweight division. And I would like to see what uh Sanya is going to do after an L. Bounce back. Do you think so?
0: Bro, he's a fighter, bro. I Sanya is, is a legit, legit, legit fighter. He's a, a dog, man. Dog. He tried something different, you know. Um and failed, and that's fine. You know what I mean. Like a lot of great people, the reason why they're as good as they are is because they do some of the craziest things, and and they're they're able to get it done. Sometimes you can't. But he's done everything he's needed to do in his division, in his in his own regard. He tried going a light heavyweight, and you know, like it's just it's just not built for everyone, or just maybe it's just yeah. not his time right now. But maybe I think back in his like back in middleweight, there's. There's not really much that can come his way. Um, I think he's still more – he's for sure still more doubted, though, than um, um, Usman. Yeah. You know, there's, he's definitely still has a, a lot more doubters. But I just think that's just because Israel runs his mouth at a way more alarming or faster – not even alarming, a way more faster
1: rate than uh, Kamaru does. I, I do want to say he got knocked out this, this last um... – Or not knocked out yeah it went to decision i'm sorry so he didn't get knocked out but he got he got plummeted by um by the champion uh john blachowitz yeah he got plummeted by him some real striking that i i don't think he was ready for especially moving up in weight like that's not something i guess like he was maybe anticipating so i i feel like he will bounce back he's having a rematch versus marvin vittori which he already fought and beat and told him you're never gonna get a chance to fight me again three years ago so this fight, I feel like, is going to be a good indication of like it's a grudge match, and also like he's stepping back down to the division that he's comfortable in. But he's a striking specialist, regardless. Yeah, he's gonna freaking demolish this. You guy. think so? Yeah, bro, Marvin, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're get just the gonna fuck kill him out of here. Um, and also speaking of this, um, of of fighters that have tried something and failed, John, uh, John Jones came back. Dominic Reyes, you know, uh, that fight went the distance. A lot of people thought Dominic Reyes, uh. Was, was the winner in that, that he yeah. should have won the title off of him. But Dominic Reyes, after that fight, has lost two straight, and this most recent one got absolutely destroyed with a spinning back elbow, man. So I think he's probably going to be done in that division or maybe have one more fight before he gets cut. Because even Tyron Woodley, speaking back to, to, to Walter Wade, Tyron Woodley just got cut from the UFC.
0: Yeah, but I think Tyron Woodley and Dana White are like cousins or family somewhere because Tyron Woodley had a go at this for way too long yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah. like he's been he lost i think like five straight uh, it's been a lot i think i had seen like joey was telling me like he had told me like a stat that tyron hadn't won a round and i don't know how many rounds yeah like it's just been like it's just been terrible like in his last like i don't know how many fights that he's like lost he has like essentially won a round in him and listen is he hall of fame yes you know he's done some things that a lot of other people haven't Good done champion solid champion you yeah, solid champion the decline has been like well, yeah like it's been crazy like i don't even know what i'm watching you know and it's crazy that it already feels like normal to me after living in a life where this guy was a champion and now it also now it also feels normal like that he's taking L's and he's not winning and it looks like he doesn't give a shit it's it's so fucking
1: weird i know he does not like i know he gives a shit and yo, he looks his body looks incredible dude he looks like he goes not a gap the, not a gap and I'm like, how the fuck is he getting thrown around? And I, like the, you know, the way he's been fighting and I, I don't know if it's a lot of it is unlu- like unlucky. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, because even in his last fight against this Brazilian that is an up and coming uh, person in the division, they call him the, the, the silent assassin. But even that fight, like I saw him striking. I was like, damn, this is solid. And he got outstruck. So it's like, fuck, I, I feel like I could go in the ring and I definitely can't. But I feel like I could go in the ring and probably lay, lay a couple paws on, on Tyrone Woodley. So it's sad to see, you know, and, and him getting cut is anticipated. But anyway, that's your UFC segment as far as like something really interesting to happen. Yo, it IPO, man. If yep. you're interested in, in investing some money into the UFC, if you're interested in watching some UFC, if you're already a fan, why not invest in a company you already believe in anyway? For sure. 30, if you're paying your
0: money. $30 for a share, you spend $60 on a, on a pay-per-view. pay-per-view yeah. That you only get to watch that one time for that one night. Maybe yeah. you create some good memories with some loved ones. But regardless, like spend now $60, maybe 60 times 2, right? 120 on a fucking, you know, on, on a couple of shares. And obviously, I'm not speaking to anyone but you, Eddie. And even you, I'm not even your financial advisor. So I'm just speaking for myself about what I might do with my money.
1: We're definitely not financial advisors. So anything you hear on this podcast as far as investing, do it at your own leisure. We're just providing you information about something interesting to happen. Research info. Research the info. Now, skipping a little bit forward, yo, the Dolphins, I feel like just had one of the best drafts they've had in a while.
0: Yeah, the NFL drafts, you know, um just passed recently right it took place last week um you know we had i don't know how many teams in the nfl 31 32 32, 32 32 teams go through their draft pick their players right fill their fill their franchises with a bunch of hope you know a bunch of like well wishes hopefully good times ahead um us being down here in miami miami really is the only city and team we really give a fuck about how, of how they draft and if you ask me barely right i barely give a shit but um, we have Tua, right, which is our franchise quarterback. From what it from what it seems like, gunslinger. right? Gunslinger, um, gunslinger, our gunslinger, gunslinger now moving forward, and especially with this past draft, it, it shows that the franchise has some has some hope behind them. You know, because we've definitely filled up the roster. We definitely have given him an extra weapon, right, and everything. So um,
1: let's get into it, bro. Like the fucking Dolphins drafted. What the fuck do we got? You know, I think people forget this, right? So the Dolphins, if you guys don't know, drafted Jalen Waddle in the first round. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver coming out of Alabama, side to side with the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, that a lot of people have in high regards in this draft. Jalen Waddle in his own right is a respectable receiver. Respectable and understandable. No, this is no scrub coming out of Alabama, okay? Alabama in the last, like I want to say five years, has produced some fucking serious talent at wide receiver. This year, no different with two wide receivers coming out in the first round. Yeah, honestly, Jalen Waddle—they're comparing him as far as speed, his athleticism, uh, at the slot. Yo, like Tyreek, no one is compared to Tyreek's hill speed in a long time. Yeah, no,
0: Tyreek is insanely, insanely, insanely fast. But if you watch some Waddle tape, you can you can just see it, and it's crazy because you don't see it in just like him actually running because speed is very hard to capture on yeah. film. You see with the little things that how like he's running, but there's no one that like there's other people running after him, but they can't touch him. They can't grab him. They're nowhere close. Yeah. And then you even have some parts of the tape where people are literally running, running, running after him and then diving to try to get him, And they miss completely. So it's like, and those are those subtleties that you really see that his speed is out there. And it's a lot more dominant than anybody else that's on the field because everybody runs, but just not everyone is running that
1: fast. I feel like he could get a speeding ticket from an officer. He's Bro. fucking hauling ass. And not only that, but he's also a better pass catcher than a lot of people. Um, like like uh, the most recently coming out of the draft, um, Ruggs. Okay. Henry Ruggs III, uh, for the Raiders. It's great speed, but he's dropped a lot of balls for the Raiders. Jalen Waddle doesn't look like he's dropped shit. In his time at, at Alabama, and also he's built besides better. the
0: defenders, he's definitely dropping. The yeah, defenders. he's
1: dropped a couple of defenders, but he's also built better than Devontae Smith. One of Devontae Smith's biggest criticism is that he's really, really light for his for his size, that he doesn't have a lot of weight on him. That if, comparing that to NFL receivers, he might get get hit once and he's gonna be a liability. But I don't
0: get, uh, and, and mind you, like I'm nowhere near. I, actually, I don't even say nowhere near. And I'm that's not the a, criticism. I'm not a professional on this shit. Nowhere near professional on this shit. Mm-hmm. Besides, like my fan eye, right? My my fan trained eye. Um, but you can't just pair him up with like a phys- physiologic, uh, fucking nutritionist, and like yep. uh, what is that word? Physi- physiological? Like physiological or physiology? Like fucking um professor? No, like like dietitian and nutritionist you for know, for, for exercise training. and everything, and, and you help this individual get put on some mass. Like I, I've definitely seen some receivers that. Have you know gotten like beefier and stockier and stronger in their time in the NFL? So I feel like yeah. why is that such a worry? Knock. Yeah, or unless it's like just really hard to get guys to commit to that because that also is a fucking huge commitment, you know, to because to wanna take your body through that transformation of putting on weight and putting on mass. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's a problem for Devontae Smith. Um, primarily because he's putting the work. You could tell he's putting the work. Heisman winning wide receiver. You haven't seen that. In college in the last 30 years yeah period a, a wide receiver doesn't hold up the, the heisman trophy so in his own right this guy puts in the work he's a baller here's the other thing he's not coming from a scrub college either i'm sure alabama had him on a nutritional workout plan all this stuff yeah it might be something along with like just the way his metabolism is who knows right i don't want to i'm not a doctor i'm not a, a nutritionist i don't want to like anticipate that but also yo this guy's a proven baller He's a proven baller. Oh, to tackle yeah. him, you're going to have to get him. And that's going to be yeah. hard in his own right. And he's a playmaker. Here's the thing. I don't knock him for his size. Because there's a lot of people that uh, in the NFL have translated, yo, like Percy Harvin, pretty build slot receiver. Um, that, yo, Hall of Famer in my regard, for probably. Sure. Uh, just bad locker room issues. Tyreek Hill, another uh, a guy that you can knock for outside locker room issues. I, I don't like him as a person, but he's a baller.
0: Yeah, Ty- Tyreek has got some of that going.
1: Yeah, he he's like on the he he was suspended because he beat his like girlfriend and like threatened her and her kid and his kid. You don't remember that? Fuck, he year? was
0: one of the NFL players that did that shit. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's on that shit. So Tyreek, I can't really you know I don't know him as a person, so all I see is allegations against him and things that that the NFL suspended him for. But I'm thinking of like yo, there's some wide receivers that could that could really fucking run and catch a football in their own right and they're not like super you know they're not your your megatron they're not your julio jones yeah. they're not stocky receivers that you know could just go and and get it but i think devontae smith is, his game is going to transition one well to the nfl the eagles picked him up man i think the eagle and, uh, the eagles did right by picking him up at that pick because one they need a wide receiver because they have nobody and on top of that jalen hurts has some chemistry already because he's from alabama too their quarterback
0: I'm not going to lie to you, though. The only chemistry I give a fuck about, though, is Tua and Waddle. I I love it, man. I don't give a fuck about Smith's chemistry. Of course not. You know, we didn't get you. Sorry, Smith. Wish you the best. But the dog that I'm really riding with right now is Waddle.
1: Jalen Waddle also, speaking of like we're talking about, uh, you know, their structure, has a lot better structure than than Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle doesn't have as much criticism as Devontae Smith. So maybe the Dolphins just went with a safer bet, a speedster that could get open, Great route running, great punt returner, good on special teams. And on top of that, you're fast as shit. Yeah. No, that's insane. So they, they went well with the sixth pick. I'm not mad at it. It's a great pick. We couldn't pick up Jamar Chase um, uh, because the Bengals took him right before. But Jamar Chase would have been an awesome pick as well, which is a wide receiver coming out of LSU that was amazing. Um, but then with our second pick in the first draft on the 18th pick, or the second pick in, the first, in the, the first draft, our 18th pick, we picked up Jalen Phillips from Miami. Yeah. And he's from University of Miami. I watched the UM games last year. This kid's a fucking baller, man. Speaking of defensive uh, uh, ends that could really get after the football, that could really take down quarterbacks, nobody could guard this kid, man. Coming off the line, this kid is, he's a playmaker. He's going to yeah. go by whoever's guarding him, whatever offensive tackle's in front of him, he's going to go by him and he's going to do damage to that quarterback and he's going to strip that ball from you. Did it every time we needed him to last year for UM and fuck, dude, I'm happy. I'm happy he got drafted by Miami, dude. He's coming right down the. He's coming right down the street. Yeah, he's going into the Hard Rock. I'm, I'm more excited about a Miami
0: team this year for sure. Only because I feel like we have exciting pieces. Yeah, one and two. Even though um, the past like year and a half, I hadn't really been watching a lot of you know just NFL and like Dolphin football and, and things like that. It, from what I've been able to see from the outside in terms of what they're doing with their personnel, the way they're handling the decisions, the news that's coming out, they definitely seem like, one, they're moving, um, like, real G's moving silence like lasagna. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? They're keeping it very hush-hush, very low-key. And it seems like they're making, like, like some of the right moves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you get your franchise quarterback. You know, you 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 also, you know, you worry about your defensive ends. You know, you're still... You're still taking care of that. But then you also, you got your franchise quarterback, but also let's get him, let's get him a weapon. Let's get him a nice little toy, you know, like something beautiful, a little dime piece out there on the field for him. Like, so I feel like they're trending in the right direction. I like, I like our coach, you know, I Brian like, Flores he. is a solid coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I like our personnel, solid, team. solid coach. So I feel like there's, um, if you're like a Dolphins fan, there's definitely like things to be like happy about, you know,
1: are here's we gonna, something are we I'm going to win you.
0: the Super Bowl or anything like that. Probably not. Um, if you're someone like me that that suffers from like championship or bust mentality, you know you're a little excited, but you're not too excited at the end of the day.
1: I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna remind you of something because a lot of people forgot, and even I forgot until I looked up Jalen Waddle when I was doing some dolphins research. I'm gonna remind you of something that we did on this offseason that is exciting as fuck. You know who we signed this offseason? Who? Will Fuller. No way. We have Will Fuller on this team. And Devonte Parker and Jalen Waddle, so we don't have just Jalen Waddle and Devonte Parker, you know, coming out and doing their thing. And he's a rookie receiver, right? But what are we expecting from Jalen Waddle? Well, I'm not expecting him to have 12 touchdowns, a thousand yard season. I am. Why not? But guy's the, the limit. You know what I am expecting? I'm expecting for Devonte Parker to go out there and show his elite status as a wide receiver finally, because he doesn't have to get double covered anymore. Because we have Will Fuller lining up on the other side, and do you really want Will Fuller being wide open? Yeah, no, that because he will. He's already been seen to torch defenses, torch him. And Will Fuller's on a Miami Dolphin. Did you rem, did you did you uh, know that? Because I I recently found this out again. Because I feel like I reacted to this a couple months ago. Yeah. And now with the Jalen Waddle news, I'm like, oh, awesome! We have a, like a solid uh, slot receiver, maybe you know someone really fat. Yo, we have Will Fuller lining up on the other side of Devontae Parker now. Yeah, with Tua. Sure. On his second year, coming off and throwing the rock at him, our offense is honestly something to get excited about. No well, bullshit. No us uh, here
0: talking. I'm like here thinking about it. I'm getting excited. Like I <laughs> Yo, wish, I no wish the NFL season was starting up now. And thinking about it because there's a there's things that I want to see play out, and there's players that I want to see play again, like Odell and shit. Yeah. But regardless, I I want to see I want to see this fucking Miami team. I want to see this, now like how you're saying I want to see this receiving core because I had no fucking idea what Wolf
1: Wolf Olives a Miami Dolphin. And I mean, they they went the, the Texans. Is he hurt or anything? Like, no, he's good to go. He's ready. He's, he has the paws on him and everything.
0: Just wanted to come down to uh, Miami. The thing is, to the South Texans
1: Beach. didn't want to give him some money, so he came down to Miami and he he got paid. But the thing is, is that the Texans you like were like, oh, we have Wolf Fuller, we have the uh, we have uh, Brandon Cooks. Like yeah. the, DeAndre Hopkins can walk, we'll, we'll take David Johnson. That didn't work out for them. But Wolf Fuller had out a fucking stellar year for the Texans. So just seeing Wolf Fuller be a true number one over there. Yeah. And seeing how fast, how skilled he is at the position now coming along and giving like bringing his leadership, his expertise. And not only that, but yo, someone that Tua could trust throwing the long ball to because how many times did fucking Jakeem Grant drop the ball last year? I couldn't believe how many times I saw the I saw um, like highlights of Tua and I couldn't believe how many times he got the ball to you and you dropped it. Like, that shit is just, like, we didn't even really get, like, I guess, like, what the possibility of having the best... By the way, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan and you didn't know, who's at the helm right now is the statistically best college quarterback in the history of college quarterbacks. Statistically, the best touchdown to interception percentage that ever existed.
0: Yeah, but we're... Let's be honest, dog. That, all of that shit is cute, but specifically in the NFL, it's a what-have-you. It's, it's so fast-paced. It's what are you doing for me week to week. Oh, of course. And, that's, and a big part of it may be, be – no, nah, actually, no. It's just the way that the, the fucking league is set up. Like, what are you doing for me week to week? We like, Let's be honest, bro. He was inconsistent this past year. Yeah. A
1: little inconsistent. And, and the thing is, is also we didn't have him as a true number one. We kept yeah. putting yeah, in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And look, every time he went out there, he showed us something. He showed us something, and it looked a, like a he flash. got better. Yeah, yeah, a
0: little flash of, of brilliance.
1: First year, I'll take it, man. Second year, let's see what you got. Let's for start sure. him. If you guys didn't know, in college, he played for Alabama. This was These are his stats in college. Over a three-season span, three seasons, 474 completed passes out of 684 attempts. We're talking about 7,442 yards. And here's the big one. Here's the one that is insane. 87 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. 69% accuracy. 70 Let's call it 70% yeah. accuracy. Yo, this guy has talent. And the only reason the Dolphins picked him up where they picked him up is because of the fact that he had a a, a crazy hip injury that he needed surgery for. And mm-hmm. it looks like he recovered. The way he's playing, it looks like this is a guy that can go out there and be the franchise quarterback so i'm excited this is not ryan uh ryan fitzpatrick this is not ryan Tannehill.
0: do you want to hear because i know like the the whole college thing is great and everything and it's cute and it's nice look I mean, okay. at no, me and it's even better because we're dolphin fans yeah or whatever so it's a nice little fantasy to have right i feel like it's only something a dolphin fan would really give a shit about Doctor? to be honest yeah um but since we want to talk about greatness in terms of just fucking quarterback and everything a man that is doing it in the NFL right now, Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. You know how many fucking touchdown passes he has the past uh, two years? How many? 74. You know how many interceptions he has? How many? Nine. Yeah. So like like I said, like the college and everything is nice, it's cute, right? And it's something cool to, to get excited about. But what are you doing for me week to week?
1: Aaron Rodgers, I th- fuck, I'm going to say this. And I know what it's going to sound like because we still have the GOAT in the league. And I know this is, you know, we have Drew Brees retiring right now. Aaron Rodgers. No, retired. He said he's not coming back. He's done. Don't worry about me. And we did what he did. We have amazing quarterbacks in the league. Look, Russell Wilson just came off an incredible season as well. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I have seen with my own eyes. Yeah. The best quarterback, right? Maybe not on the best team. Yeah. You know, Maybe they didn't kick a field goal that they should have. Whatever the case is. You've never seen Brady? Aaron Rodgers. Seven rings. And this is why I'm saying it. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback that I have seen as far as accuracy, deep ball, making a play when necessary. I've never seen that skill. Yeah. He also has a dog as a wide receiver as Devontae Adams. But yo, Brady's also on almost like a super team right now, and he played with the Pats, which is probably arguably the best dynasty that we've seen. Yeah, but not because they had, not because they were super team ish. They just they had Tom Brady. I know, but they also had. And you Tom know, Brady went to the Bucks, and
0: you still got to win. Like, you know what I mean? I get so, it, I
1: get it. But the Bucks defense is one of the best defenses. It was like I think the second best ranked defense last year. But that's sure. that's not the point. I mean, up- you also have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, you you got some dogs on offense. You got yeah. some weapons and some tools. But they weren't doing shit until Brady get, got there. I get it. I get it because, you know, Brady Brady's the GOAT. The the best of all time. I guess Aaron Rodgers maybe is the second. But look, I I I mean seriously speaking, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming from someone that that Brett Favre didn't even want to like look at and didn't even want to really take under his wing. Ah, that's fucking ego and that that was I, I Brett's know, fucking stupid. mistake. And that's stupid. And that's stupid to be honest. But Aaron Rodgers made his own his own platform. And yo, he elevated the game of football. This is a yes. fucking great quarterback. And why are we talking about Aaron Rodgers? Because he does no longer want to be a pack. How the fuck do you fumble that back? Yeah, I don't get like they have literally the, ruined
0: this man's career I don't with the decisions that they've made around him in terms of the draft picks, in terms of the way they stock the personnel. It's just like, how do you not value like something like Aaron Rodgers more and Get all the pieces around it that you need to to make sure that you guys are, like, damn near Super Bowl champions almost every year. Because, like, you're saying, um, yeah, like, like I'm, I'm just, like, pulling your leg with, like, the whole Brady yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, like, Aaron Rodgers is, like, fucking disgusting, right? Like, if you have the opinion that he's the best you've ever seen, I mean, I'm sure people, like, people will combat it, like, all day. My personal preference is it's Brady, but... You're, it's not a ludicrous statement to say, like, yo, Aaron Rodgers is like the craziest quarterback I've ever seen in my life because he's a fucking wild, wild motherfucker. And the fact that the Packers didn't do more for that, more for that gunslinger is ludicrous. It's crazy. It's blasphemy.
1: It, it accurate, puts a spin on the ball and it drops right. Yes, you have Devontae Adams. Yes you you had um uh, jordy nelson yeah you have some solid receivers but you need this guy behind the helm yep and here's the thing okay let me change it up i guess he is the best performing quarterback i've seen in the regular season and in the playoffs i even want to say because a lot of times they've lost and it's not because of him he's made plays if you have two minutes on the clock it's the fourth quarter ship you don't even need timeouts if you have two minutes on the clock you have a minute 30 and you have Aaron Rodgers yep. with four points down. I'd be fucking terrified if I was the other team. For sure. I'd be terrified because he's no. going to get the ball where it needs to go. Yeah, he can get the ball down the field. And, I, you know, I, I, Tom Brady's obviously one of the greats. But the Packers, how do you how do you get to a point that not only did you draft a quarterback and almost – it showed, like, almost disrespect to him because you guys showed that you're moving past them almost. Yeah, no,
0: that's exactly what you showed. I mean, I mean, like – what the fuck because you didn't take a
1: quarterback in like the seventh round took a quarterback in the first yeah early early and and basically showed him hey we're moving on from you soon i don't think you could do it anymore the last two seasons showed you no no no. i'm doing it i'm doing it better and now you get to a point that still the decisions are not being made to keep this guy and look fuck it i'll take him in the dolphins if it's gotten to that point i'll take him. i'll take him for whatever he wants man this is a guy that could start at quarterback for any team in the NFL. This is a top two guy yeah. right now in the NFL, and he's only getting older. He's only getting better. It's like fucking wine. We talk about Brady. Brady looks like he's getting better too. Yeah. But fuck, if you have to, comp- if you have to say, damn, you know what? There's a lot of good QBs in the league. Who do I want as my second and third? Yeah, Pat Mahomes for sure, and then fucking Aaron Rodgers, man. Oh yeah,
0: no, I, I think at least like without a doubt, and that's what I'm saying. Like to me, I don't think Aaron is done. I don't think he's at the point where they should be kind of almost looking past him like that, I think he still has a considerable good three to four years left. And I'm only just saying that really just to be conservative because anything can happen and he can make have rip. MVP seasons yeah, back exactly. to back. That's that's what I'm saying. So it's I just want to be more on the conservative side because a lot can happen in this NFL shit, and this motherfucker can decide to just fuck off from the league and and God knows what. Yeah. But dude, he's he's solid. He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down whatsoever why the fuck would the packers draft i think it was jordan love or some stupid shit like that and i don't know maybe it's for reasons super unrelated to his play um that we that we're just not privy of because we're not in the day-to-day i think they have friction, him and the manager i think they have to I, I think they for sure fucking have to because if i'm aaron Rodgers, i'm just sitting there looking at this shit year over year thinking to myself like bro what the fuck
1: the stats just what, are they not seeing what I'm seeing? You know, and I guess that's that's uh, where we're looking at it from. Also, we don't we don't own the business, so we can only give our opinions as uh, like sports, you know, fanatics. But at the same time, it's almost like there has to be some way that you put the right tools in place to keep a generational talent. And and Aaron Rodgers is a generational talent. You know, last season he had an interview with Dan Lebatard, which is another sh- uh, podcast that we love very much here. But he had an interview with, uh, with Dan Lebutard recently and he talked about last year and the steps that he took mentally were m- like most of the steps that made him have such a great season. He says, I took it easy. I took it a little bit. Um, I took it. I, I took it a little bit less serious on myself. I meditated a lot, made sure that um, I did a lot of things that I enjoyed off the field. Yeah. Um, you know, the, he's like back in the day, I wouldn't have done stuff like that. I would have gotten upset. But he was one of the first people that called the quarterback that got drafted. He was the first person. Called him, congratulate him, did the whole thing. And he's saying, you know, and I'm coming from a pace of gratitude now because it's easier to operate under gratitude because I do feel appreciative for everything I have. So okay. That's as, good, bro. seeing that last year, yeah, seeing that last year, and, and he could be talking shit, but why would, why would he? Yeah. So seeing that last year and seeing how he's taking like steps to, to gain focus on the field and preserving himself shows you that this guy's interested in sticking around and playing the game. So I mean I don't know. Like the point is is that how the fuck do you fumble a bag like like Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I'm not the Packers organization, but I'll take him as a Dolphins fan.
0: I'll ship Tua out.
1: FedEx next
0: actually no he can yep. stay if he wants but if we get Aaron, I feel like he will understand there's a there's right? a bench
1: position right now for Tua
0: for sure. Like he he has to understand, that, of course. Right? Or or are we or are we just are our eagles just too high where well, we can't see that that's Aaron fucking Rodgers and he wants to come down to the Miami
1: fucking Dolphins. I mean, it, it, this is and by the way, this is just we're speculating. There's no news of this and there's no reason for this. Like there's there's most likely Aaron Rodgers is gonna stay a Packer.
0: Well, I like to think about good, crazy shit throughout my day. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times like we have phone calls where we talk about the craziest shit. And we're just like, yo, can you imagine this, this and that? And this is what we're doing right now. Like Aaron Rodgers as a Miami Dolphin.
1: Yeah. Um, the Super Bowl champion, Miami Dolphins. I'll kill my bare hands for it at this point Yeah. And I
0: don't even love the dolphins like that. You know I'll fucking idea,
1: destroy. The idea wasn't even presented to me until we started having the conversation. And now I'm gonna like I'm gonna go on Twitter and rave about this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get Aaron Rodgers shipped out to Miami so I need it and i mean that's that's nfl talk and and if you guys aren't excited as a miami dolphin for this season after finishing 10 and 6 with a rookie quarterback i don't know what the fuck you guys are like, are gonna be excited about as a miami dolphin fan because it finally feels like the years of being a miami dolphin fan and knowing exactly how the season's gonna go yeah seven and ten. Eight and eight like we just know that's the miami football season this is something to get excited about Jalen sure. waddle Jalen Phillips, we took a safety in the second round. We took an offensive tackle in the second round. We're also developing that defense. We're making sure that we got guys on offense that could execute. This is an exciting time to be a Miami Dolphin fan. And also, are, the future looks bright.
0: Listen, that's what I'm saying. Like, If you are a Dolphins fan right now, get excited. Like, like I said, I'm not the biggest homer when it comes to the Dolphins, but I'm at a point right now where we have enough nice pieces where I'm, I'm excited to see the product that we're pushing out onto the field because I feel like it's going to be one that a lot of people are going to appreciate that aren't even dolphin fans because I have seen um just the dolphins gain a little bit more notoriety with like the press and such like just in the way they talk about them and how there's been a couple more stories like saying oh the pleasant surprise of the dolphins or you know or like people or other people wanting to see what the dolphins have to offer as well so I feel like you know we're not the only ones I kind of see the the good upside that they potentially might have, I feel like a lot of more other people are becoming privy to that right now as well.
1: And look, if that doesn't get some, some passion flowing, if that doesn't ignite the fire, then I know what will the Miami Heat. If you're, uh, if you're from Miami and you've been watching some Heat games this, this season, maybe you see some L's, maybe you see some wins, but the playoffs are coming. We're right couple, around the corner. Yeah, we're literally a couple ways away from, from the playoffs. We're already in May, guys. Think about that. We're
0: already in fucking May. Yeah, this, Holy year's, shit,
1: dude, this, year's, fuck? this year's flying by. But not only is this year flying by, but it also feels like almost all sports are flying by because now they're happening every day. Like, it feels like I watch a heat game every other day. Yeah. Or I have back-to-back heat games. And honestly, it, it's nice to f- feel like, hey, we're eventually getting back to some sort of normalcy. But yo, as a Miami Heat fan, it's exciting to see that one. This team is still looking solid. That we've had injuries all year, yeah, and we're still ranked fifth in the East. But it's exciting because yo, come playoffs, I don't really see a team besides maybe the Nets that could take it to a seven-game straight.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still a little... I have my reservations with the Celtics as well.
1: No chance. Yeah? The, t- the Celtics are not ready to, to beat the Miami Heat yet. They're not. I'll say this. I'll say this. Jimmy Butler, a season straight with more than 100 steals. There's only two other players to do that. One of them is John Stockton. The other one wait for 100 steals yeah he gets 100 steals a fucking season yeah jimmy Butler's the truth he averages he's averaging right now like 2.1 steals per game per game
0: jimmy butler Mm -hmm. gets 100 steals a fucking season
1: yeah jimmy butler does it he does it what the fuck only two other players who have done it if i'm not mistaken john stockton's one of them and the other one i forgot it might be michael jordan though
0: Regardless, holy shit, what the fuck is he doing out there on the court? Eight are we gonna straight. check him for a shank or something?
1: Yeah, so he's done that eight seasons straight. No surprise. We blew out the Hornets because they, they can't hold a candle to us. LaMelo ball, LaMelo no ball. Doesn't fucking matter who you put out there. Miles Bridges, Miles Builds Bridges, Bob the Builder. <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter because this team, when we're in sync and we're out there on the court and we're hitting threes, we are unbeatable. Bam Adebayo can guard one through five, and I'm sorry, Rudy Gobert, you've stolen the fucking Defensive Player of the Year title too many times from what is the best defensive player in the league, which is Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo at this point. Yeah, he even guards Kyrie, which is crazy to me. Talk to me about who else is going to have the game on the line last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we're going to see one of the best the second best defensive play I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, that block that he got on, on Tatum.
1: It was, was in the basket already. Yeah, it was out, out, out outerworldly. It was crazy. It was just something I, I've never really seen some shit. I again. didn't even know your wrist could go that back. And guess what? Jason Tatum, not strong enough. Sorry, hit the gym. Bam and Abayo is there to guard one through five. Give him a center. Give him a point guard. Doesn't matter. He's going to block him. Doesn't matter. He's going to guard him. Bro, he really told Tatum, meet me at the top. Meet me at the top. And let's see. And Jason Tatum met him at the top, and guess what? I'm sorry, the, the, wow. the Celtics had to pack their bags from ESPN Studios, beautiful Orlando, Florida, ESPN Studios in Disney. He got to take Deuce at least, I guess, on a ride. Sorry. And this year, it's looking like much the same. Here's the other thing: that he haven't been healthy. Goran Dragic missed a fuckload of games. Victor Oladipo is on this team, and it's forgettable because he's missed a fuckload of games too. He injured his knee. Jimmy Butler missed a month and a half almost in January. And this team is number five in the East. So when I'm thinking of, holy fuck, Jimmy Butler's still on this team. Still on it, doing Jimmy Butler things. Because here's the thing, right? A lot of people could ball. Yeah. We have a league of motherfuckers that could ball. Yeah. Everyone in the league can ball. Everybody in the league could ball. Yeah. Even Brian Scalabrini, White Mamba. Yeah. Went out and showed you he could ball. Yeah. Yeah, he was a sorry player in the league because all these other motherfuckers could ball. Yeah. But take him out of the league, he'll ball whoever. College, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of motherfuckers that could ball. And then there's motherfuckers that are bucket getters. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy. can ball. And Jimmy Butler is a bucket getter. If you need a bucket, who do you go to? Yep. The bucket getters. Dump it off to There's a couple of them in the league. We know them. LeBron James, James Harden, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Kevin, Stephen yeah. Curry. Yeah, the list goes on. The list goes on. on. Yeah. There's 10 of them, maybe. Bucket getters, like real MVP, all-star caliber players. Jimmy Butler's one of them. And he's on this team. Then you have Bam Adebayo, which is arguably the best defensive player that we've seen in Miami in a long time. But on top of that, in the league in a long time. Yeah. Because he's lengthy, but he has good feet. He he's gets, special. He's special. He could get to you no matter where you are, guard the perimeter. There's you're not going to shoot a three on him. Don't, yeah. don't disrespect him. Yeah, he guards Kyrie, which is crazy to me. He guards Kyrie Irving. And he we have him on the team, and he looks amazing on offense. He's looking a lot better. And then you have Duncan Robinson. Let me tell you something about this kid. I initially liked Dunk, you know, because Miami runs on Duncan. Why wouldn't you? I initially liked him a lot. But he is the number one ranked NBA player. For threes made, or yeah. to, to get to five hundred threes made, to get to four hundred threes, to get to three hundred, to get to two hundred, and he's tied for, for he's tied for third in number in a hundred threes in a game, or a hundred threes, um, getting to a hundred threes in the least amount of games. This guy is a stone cold shooter.
0: I don't want to. I'm not gonna go crazy on him. I'm gonna wait for this playoff season to say what I want to say. Really, what I want to say about Duncan, but. What you just said, though, is is undeniable. Yeah, like he is the fastest to do it. There's no denial that he can get the ball in the hoop to rip the net beyond the arc, which we consider the three-point line, right? He's been the fastest to do it. That all of those things are beautiful. I love that he's a Miami Heat. I hope the success continues, and I hope it specifically continues in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, he didn't look as great last year. I feel like now it it had a lot to do with experience, too. This Miami Heat team last year going into the finals, first off, complete surprise to everybody except Miami Heat fans because we were watching them. Yeah, yeah. We knew what was up. And we knew, yo, this team has a bunch of dogs. Jake Crowder was on this team, an absolute dog. And I want to say... Miami Heat
0: legend Jay Crowder is what I like to call him a lot during that that run.
1: Trevor Ariza has kind of taken that spot of Jay Crowder. And, yo, Trevor Ariza could guard.
0: I can't believe he's still in the league, Trevor Ariza. And He's he still fucking shoot. getting
1: these checks.
0: And he could shoot the ball. He he's can do still it. He's still getting these checks, Trevor Ariza. God bless you and continue.
1: But that blew my fucking mind. Yeah, Trevor Ariza still, still still getting buckets. He's still guarding. Trevor Ariza, great guard. And, yo, Victor Oladipo, if he's healthy for the playoffs, we're going to be a very scary team yeah we are gonna we are very solid right now that's for sure here's where the heat shoot themselves in the foot we can't make a fucking free throw if it was the ice bucket challenge if the bucket was right in front of us we can't make a free throw to save our lives
0: i feel like we'll activate Dope during playoffs because we just have a lot of veterans right now the, the, the thing i am worried about it's not even the free throws man and i know you're saying like bucket over here bucket over there like my whole thing is I just hope, one, come playoff time, everyone's healthy, right? Because we need as much of those bucket getters yeah. on the floor because when a couple of our guys are unhealthy and it's just really, like, just Jimmy out there and then you have to almost try to rely on Duncan's three and yeah. all this shit, like, you kind of just look around, like, who's going to score the fucking basketball?
1: Yeah, the bench I, – I, Tyler Heroes missed a couple of games too. Um, Goran Dragic's missed a couple of games. He's also had a lot of maintenance games. Our bench – is like worrisome because really like if though if our star players aren't out there if our bucket getters aren't out there who's gonna get a bucket and our bench is like it, it doesn't average a lot of points per game man a tyler hero comes off the bench and he's been injured so it's in terms of like relatively like who's gonna be healthy yeah because kendrick nunn the, he's solid but he's also streaky so he's a really streaky shooter he's either on or he's off or he's really off and so coming off the bench we have Really, uh, Belinka, Namanja Balinka. We have Goran Dragic, which I assume has been getting on this maintenance to really come out in the playoffs and perform. So we may have Goran Dragic. We may have Ke- uh, Kendrick Nunn. But then after that, like Dwayne Dedmon and Precious. Dwayne Dedmon, honestly though, has been probably a, a, a super stellar pickup for what we got him. Yeah. For. Yo, Dwayne Dedmon has been solid as fuck. But anyway, then we have Duncan, we have um, Trevor, we, we have Bam, Jimmy. I think this team is solid enough to make it again to the finals. It really depends if we could get past the Nets because the Nets also, are, James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant are not scrubs. And it's going to be hard to respond to, to them. It, it, they're going to yeah. get buckets. So it, it's a matter of do we have the consistency on offense to score? Because defensively, we're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. I think the 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 Knicks might match us as far as defense, so that would be an interesting matchup. Because they're also a young team, they'll they'll move the ball, they'll they'll uh, they'll pace us out. Um, but the Knicks and the Nets are really the two teams that I'm looking at, like scratching my head, like shit, like what the fuck, like damn, this is gonna be tough.
0: I'm not gonna lie though, the fucking league is so much better when the Knicks are good. And I'm not a Knicks fan, but I feel like the league it's it's different when the New York Knicks are actually doing something and they're not mm. fucking just fucking off in, in all these games and they're I don't know how many games below 500 and they're not even playoff contention like to me I like him when the New York Knicks are in are, are in it right I feel like that's just kind of like I mean I feel like it's been like that for a long time they've never really won shit but they, they've had a lot of like dope teams a lot of dogs have gone to play through there and and and, and, it, and it feels good to see the Knicks in some type of
1: contention I'm not gonna lie I I think Tom Thibodeau has done an outstanding job of what he has oh Phenomenal job. And the fact is, is that, hey, that is the if I'm not mistaken right now, currently from the recording of this podcast, they're ranked number one in defense.
0: Here's what I have. That's surprising say. from a typical team.
1: Here's what I'll have to say. We have about, like I say, eight games remaining. And Pretty tough games. They're tough games, right? I mean, the, the, next, I, the next five games we have is against the Mavs, the Timberwolves. We play the Celtics twice. Then we play the 76ers, the Bucks, and we close out with the Pistons.
0: Yeah, but it's a pretty,
1: it's, pretty... That's a pretty tough yeah. matchup going forward, except, of course, the Timberwolves. That's, gonna be, that's hopefully a win. The Timberwolves are in a yep. sorry-ass place. But the Mavs, you got you, you to go and, and face Luka Doncic, and yep. we know what he could do. And then we have the Celtics back-to-back. And then the 76ers and the Bucks. the Bucks, I think we could definitely take a game from them like in the regular season uh, closing out now. And it's going to be very important of where we land on the standings because the East is so fucking tight between teams four all the way to team eight.
0: Yeah, we can. We don't have a a bunch of room for error.
1: We have to close out the season with wins, with dubs. Yeah, because we don't want the
0: the, the Pacers or the Hornets to, to rack up a couple of Ws and it puts us in a stupid-ass spot.
1: Yeah, because then at that point, you know, we may have to face the Nets, like, first round. And I don't know if we're ready to face the Nets first round.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know so either.
1: But I wouldn't—if, let's say, worse comes to worse,
0: we come in, we land at 8, the
1: 76ers, I feel like we eat that up all day. I think the 76 look Joel Embiid has had an amazing, amazing MVP-caliber season. yeah. You cannot take the Miami Heat. Sorry, sorry, Joey. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. See I don't. Th- it. I don't think he could do seven games against the Miami Heat. And maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think this team has a, a solid chance of at least making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, yeah, Sersky. They showed you last year. This year, they've had their moments. I think it's about being healthy. I think it's about making consistency in our in our in our um, in our free throws. We're ranked number ten in the league, so it's not horrible. We're top ten. But in the playoffs, it's really going to shine through because we go to the line a lot of times. And a lot of times, it looks like there's opportunities that we miss right there for free. As long as our defense stays solid, I think this Heat team has a solid chance of at least making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And showing again, hey, we're a respectable team. And moving forward, you're going to have to worry about us. Yeah.
0: I agree, bro. Um, Like I have said, you know, go Heat. Love you, Miami. Continue to do your thing. With a fucking next couple of hard games coming, but I have no fucking doubt that the cards are going to fall where they fall. I don't fucking doubt that we're going to go straight into uh, like that we can go straight into a fucking Easter conference uh, final scenario. I'm very excited to see how that's going to play out. who We're going to have to play and um, a lot of these playoff series, how they're going to go, because the East is, in my opinion, right now, just as interesting as the West. Maybe not as competitive, but very competitive in its own
1: regard. And maybe we will talk about some potential final matchups in the future, if you know, once the playoff starts, if things start uh, you know, honing out. But this has been franchise audio. This is your sports podcast, a little special episode.
0: Thank you guys for fucking tuning in. Um, we're definitely excited with a couple of just like the identities and some of the things we want to do, you know, just with the show and everything moving forward. Um, if you enjoyed this style, which we you know we um anticipate to do a lot more in the future. And everything, Um, you know, let us know if you have any feedback for us or anything. You know, definitely share with us. If you fucking enjoyed this episode, share with a friend.
1: And thank you for fucking tuning in. Eric Spolster is the best coach in history.